Hey everybody, John Fed here, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We are a house church network. We celebrate the gathering of saints by meeting in homes. And oh, I also forgot our EU website, CWOWI.eu. And anyway, so we celebrate the gathering of saints by meeting in homes. And we follow Acts 2.42 as a, as a principle, as a general principle. It says that they were steadfastly, that's very important, steadfastly means with purpose and commitment in the apostles' teaching, fellowship, food, and prayer, those four things. Steadfastly in teaching, fellowship, food, and prayer. And I want you, I want you to see that the fellowship is elevated here along with teaching and, and prayer and food. But fellowship is included as one of those four. You see, in, in the auditorium church, fellowship is an afterthought. Hey, come up for the service, come for the meeting, and afterwards we'll have some fellowship, some coffee, some donuts, tea, whatever. But in house church, fellowship is, is core because you're learning what Christ is doing in each one. All right, today, talking about overcoming sin and especially how sin happens, the, the, how it works. This will be good for anybody in, in habitual sin or concerned about, you know, something in their lives. So we go to James chapter one. Now in James chapter one in verse two, he says to count it all joy when you fall into various and it's the same Greek word, temptations, tests, or trials. So he said, count it all joy, which means don't be happy about it. It's not an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So he says, when you fall into a temptation, a test, a trial, count it all joy. That is, is spend time with the Lord. Let the joy of the Lord come out of your spirit. And you can endure. You can seek wisdom. You can get before the Lord and find out uh, keys to getting out of that temptation, test, or trial. But in, in verse 13, he says this, however... Let no man say when he's tempted, tested, or tried, same word, let no man say when he's tempted, tested, or tried, that God is doing it to him because God doesn't test anyone with evil because he himself is not tested with evil. You have to have human flesh to be tested or tempted with evil. And God the Father is a spirit. So he's not even tested by it. It's not even tempted by it. But James goes on to say in verses 14 uh, through uh, 18, really, but 14, 15, 16 in particular, James goes on in chapter one and he says this, however, everyone is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And then when sin has conceived or when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. Sin, when it is complete, brings forth death. So here we have these things laid out for us that we can see very, very clearly. Let's look at this. James chapter one, verse 14. Everyone is drawn away of his own lust. All right, now the word lust there means a desire and uh, a strong desire, a desire that you have uh, trouble controlling. It can be used in a positive way and translated as passion, passion for the Lord. It's like you can barely contain yourself. You so love the Lord. But it's used in the negative in this sense in the word lust, that it is a, a passion for lust. Or we might even think of a, a, a barely controlled sin. And so he says that everyone is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So the lust or the desire for sin is within the human body. But he says he's and enticed. This is James chapter 1, verse 14. Everyone is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. What I'm showing to you is the, that enticing is what the de demons do. That's what the devil does. We have the desire, we have the ability in our human flesh to sin. Now, when we get our glorified bodies, which are made with heavenly material, there is no ability to sin. It, it's made of heavenly material. 
And so it, it, it naturally, its cravings, its desires are only for the things of God, the things of heaven, because it's made with heavenly material. But our earth is made of the earthly material, so its desire is towards earthly things. So we have this lust within ourselves and enticed. Now, it's interesting, the word enticed there, there's actually two words used to, in, in most translations here. Uh, but if you get in the Greek, it's two words, and it means to be drawn away and lured. In fact, the word enticed is the same word used for baiting a hook. You know, when you're going fishing and you want to bait a hook to lure the fish, there's the two words there, and it means to draw away with bait. So the lust is within the human body. The enticing, the drawing away with bait is what demons do. Now, how do you separate the two? Well, what James goes on to say in verse uh, 15, he says, he says, when the lust and the enticing get together, lust conceives, it brings, it, it, it conceives sin. Now, here's the thing. That sin is conceived first in the human imagination, in the mind. And, and so you, you, in other words, a person on Monday morning can be thinking about how they're going to get drunk on Friday or, or go to a bar and find somebody to be with that night on a, you know, a Saturday night, but they can be thinking about it on Monday. So the lust and the enticing are working together on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday until boom, that Saturday night when they just can hardly wait to get to that bar and find that person to spend the night with. Or it could be gambling or it can be food. Or it can be any desire like that that is just hard for that person to control. Each person is different. You know, a person could could be sitting there and thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to fix this meal or I'm going to this restaurant. But what they're really thinking is how they're going to have two pieces of pie and some donuts for dessert. And they're, they're just lusting after those sweets, after that sugary dessert. But they know they have to get through the meal first, you know. It's that sort of thing. So the lust and the enticing conceive sin. You hear about this with suicide. You hear about people who've been planning suicide for weeks and they're thinking through it. Well, what's happening is a gestation period. In fact, that's the, the terminology that, that James is using here, that the lust is in a person's heart and the enticing is what the demons do. When that gets together, sin is conceived. And so there's a gestation period where we think about it. We think about how we're going to fulfill that lust of the flesh. Pause here, go to Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. In Romans 13, 14, in the King James, I think it is, he, he says, put on the Lord Jesus uh, so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. And that's that doesn't convey accurately the, the, the weight of what Paul is communicating. Put on the Lord Jesus so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The, the, the word um, fulfilling or make not provision in the King James, put on the Lord Jesus so you don't make provision for the flesh. That is a Greek word, uh, compound word called pro-noyen. And the P-R-O means to go ahead of time or before, and noyen means to think. So what Paul is literally saying is, put on the Lord Jesus Christ so that you don't think ahead of time how you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Put on the Lord Jesus so you don't think ahead of time how you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. So that's what he's describing there is that process where we have a lust in ourselves, and then the enticing that the demon does. And you can rebuke the demons all you want and say, get out of here, you know, spirit of, of lust, spirit of gambling, spirit of alcohol, whatever the case is. You can do that all you want. But unless you deal with that desire in your heart, that enticing is always going to have an open door. 
You can go away for a for a while, but then it's going to come back because you've never dealt with the lust in your heart. So that is the big thing to deal with right there before we go further in this teaching to understand that at some point you you can't blame it on the devil. You have to look inside yourself and you have to say, why is this particular sin a problem for me? You know, go back to your childhood. Go back to however you were introduced to that. What is the issue there? Do you see women in the wrong way? Do you see alcohol in the wrong way? Do you see money in the wrong way? And therefore you're gambling or you're being dishonest with, with money. What is the issue there? Do you see food in the wrong way? Was food always a comfort food for you? And so now as a matter of habit, you go there to feel better, to have that that food, you know, and a lot of it because it makes you feel better. Identify within yourself what opened the door to that desire that you have a hard time controlling. And when you do that, then you recognize, hold it, that's not me anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's not me anymore. And you get it out your mouth. You don't keep it in the thought processes. This is where you lose the battle because you've got the desire in yourself and the enticing and they are, that is an internal battle. And so as long as you keep it internal, then then you're you're probably going to lose. You have to get it out your mouth. When Jesus was tempted, he got it out his mouth. It is written. In other words, Jesus was saying, it is written. This is what the scripture says. And more than that, I don't want to do that. For me, years ago, I, I, I came to this realization. I wanted to be like Moses, who, who thought so much of the things of God that he could resist the temptations of Egypt, recognizing it was just a, a, for a moment of sin and a moment of pleasure. He more valued the things of God. And I realized that in myself years ago, and I'm not perfect, trust me, I'm not perfect. But I'm saying that there's a core understanding there that I want to protect the sweet fellowship and the sweet presence I have inside of me. I want to protect that walk with the Father and that walk with the Lord. And I don't want to do anything that would violate that. So the appeal of, of the enticer is far less because I just think automatically, I'm not going to violate that uh, peace that I have in my spirit. That's not me. That's not me. So you get away from me, devil, in the name of Jesus. The other thing that you can do on a very practical level is redirect yourself, whether it be your phone, whether it be your computer. Maybe it's the drive home. Maybe somebody has issues with alcohol and you're going home from work and you're, you're walking or you're driving or you're taking a train or a bus and it passes that liquor store every day, then find a new way to go home. Find a new route to bypass that. Don't give heed to that. Here's another thing that's very practical. When John the Baptist said, bring forth fruit of repentance, he was talking about a replacement principle. In other words, you don't just, my mother, for instance, my mother said, you know, when she quit smoking to have us kids, when she married and have kids, uh, when she quit smoking, she gained 20 pounds because she substituted the smoking with food. 20 pounds or about 10, 9 or 10 kilos. And because you, the Bible doesn't tell us just to quit. It's quit and replace. And so, it, like there was a guy that I knew who, who got born again in the midst of, uh, led him to, to the Lord at work. And he had been used to going to the Friday night beer parties, the keggers, the beer with his buddies. And he had a hard time just stopping that. And so I helped find him a Bible study in a church on Friday nights so that he substituted that beer party for uh, the Bible study. It, he redirected himself and he substituted that. You know, it's a huge principle here if you just understand. So redirect yourself. Fill your time. Think, think. okay, the Father God hasn't allocated this time for sin. So therefore, what should I be doing now? And redirect yourself and physically change your location and go do something else. Break your attention with that enticing because the enticing will keep at you and you break your attention like you're not even listening anymore. 
So James brings out in James chapter one, he brings out again, he, he says the lust is in there, the enticing. And when lust is, when they get together, sin is conceived. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. What he's talking about is it could be literal death. It could be the death of a relationship, death of your finances, death of your job. So there's the process there that it talks about where a person has a desire within themselves for sin. And the enticing is what Satan does. And then it conceives. And then we start thinking ahead of time how to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then when if you let that sin, that repeated sin, go on and on, it will bring forth death. It's finished work. The finished work of sin is death, either literal death or death of friendship, death of, rela- death of relationships, job, whatever the case is. So I, I, I've outlined this for you, and I'm telling you there's so much in there that you can grasp just from James chapter 1, verses 13, really through 18. Because he goes ahead and in verse 16, he says, don't err, my beloved brethren. In other words, don't think God is doing this to you. Every good gift and every good uh, gift, every good gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning, and of His own will, He own own will, He birthed us that we could be a first fruits of His creation. We are birthed to do amazing things in Him, but we are in these earth suits that have natural desires. So look at James chapter one, verses thirteen through eighteen. Look at at Romans chapter thirteen and verse fourteen. Look at John the Baptist, how he said, "Bring forth the fruit." of repentance. Realize you've got to replace it. So be thinking about that. You want to get rid of habitual sin, deal with the lust in yourself, deal with that desire and realize that's not who you are anymore. You're a new creature in Christ. You've got Christ in you. You want to protect that sweet fellowship. You hate the grievance in your spirit. You love the Lord. You want to stay in that sweet fellowship and you get up and you redirect yourself. You get up, you change what you're doing and and you break off the conversation with that enticing and you don't keep it in your head. You get it out. You say, oh, that's not me. Get away in the name of Jesus. So anyway, I hope there's a bunch there. I hope it's been a blessing to you. God bless. John Fenn, C-W-O-W-I dot O-R-G and C-W-O-W-I dot E-U.